0: Hi, well, to the Good Noise Podcast here with Chris from the Nevolutionaries. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired you to start the band and what does the band name mean?
1: Uh, the band was inspired to begin, essentially, I write tons of songs and always have a bunch of different songs, different genres laying around and got a chance to record at High Street Studio in San Francisco where a lot of legendary records have been recorded and produced and Everything just kind of fell into place for us to get some time in there. And I got a couple of buddies in with me to fill in the blanks per se. And the name essentially came from a conversation that um, a friend of mine, that's a awesome guitar player, Johnny Axtell, who actually played uh, on one of the couple of songs on the record. I don't know if he said it or I said it in the midst of a conversation. And I was looking for something different to call this project, you mm-hmm. know, because the last uh I was in a band back in the day called the Peasants of the Apocalypse. I've always liked those kind of socially charged kind of
2: mm-hmm.
1: kind of things. And so then evolutionaries too sounded kind of cool. People can read their own meaning into it and uh and it, it kind of works. You know, so yeah. I'm, so I'm digging it.
0: Yeah. Definitely doesn't like roll it. off the tongue, but it works.
3: Yeah, it's still <laughs> a really cool name. I still like it. Um so actually as you mentioned, you had a previous project and that project actually had the chance to share a stage with Metallica and Def Leppard. How did that happen? And what was that like?
1: Well, it was one of these things where after being in a business and you're in a small town, you kind of. If you're kind of worth your weight and talent, you kind of rise to the top, per se. Mm-hmm. And we had a friend of ours who had a connection down at this amphitheater, and heard the band was coming around and was you know was, was like, "Hey, man, you guys would be so awesome to open up for you know they're
2: yeah. you're kind of
1: fresh for this area. you know there weren't too many rock bands mm-hmm. with African American gentlemen like myself running the back in the day, screaming bloody murder to top of our lungs, <laughs> yeah, so it was really cool that we were getting some recognition in North Carolina mm-hmm. and A couple of the guys in the band had some legal issues and we weren't able really to tour too far outside of the area. But after that happened, I just kind of did my own thing and kind of we all just went our separate ways as it happens in life. Mm -hmm. You know, the first bands, you know, for someone to kind of make it in the game and still be sticking there for the long haul is kind of rare. So, you know, I feel, you know, stoked that I'm, you know, still able to write really great music or. That's, that feels great to me. It feels real coming off my heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel is great. You know, it's the other people's interpretations are are completely up to them. But it's something that's coming from a pure place for me. So you know, it, it was definitely really awesome getting those those shows. And a couple times we were sitting around watching Def Leppard kick around a soccer ball and that was kinda cool. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was just one of those things that, you know, for those guys, that was Probably probably the biggest thing they did and they kinda got out of it afterwards, you know. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it was uh definitely my first big one for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Memories for both of those shows. hmm
3: yeah. That's really sick. It's huge.
1: Yeah. You yeah. uh
0: you also brought up working at Hyde Street Studios. Can you talk to me a little bit about that?
1: Oh yeah. I originally got hooked up to um the whole gang down at Hyde Street Studios through a friend of mine named Pamela Parker. She's a producer, singer, songwriter, guitar player that produces out of High Street. And she started inviting me in once in a while just to kind of sit in and do a couple of sessions here and there and just to be recording in this room where all these amazing, legendary people recorded, you know, mm-hmm. Dead Kennedys, you know, Green Day, yeah. God, Grateful Dead. I mean, you name it all different kinds of genres was really a beautiful thing to be welcomed into such a hollowed place. Cause that's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm a not a I'm a spiritual person, not a typical religious person. But if I had a church, that would be one of <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. You know? like, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, just to go and it's i don't kind know, of you,
3: bask, you right? Can,
1: yeah, you can feel it. You can literally feel some other interesting energies which i won't get into now there because it's a very old building mm-hmm. yeah. and just some creative vibes you yeah know? so we were able to put it together relatively quickly because i had a most of the songs already had them together and had uh my uh one of my cohorts and dear friends chris mcgrew who played drums on uh most of the project mm-hmm and uh, it was great having them there as like a, you know, so on the bounce ideas off and we communicate very easily, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, he can kind of, we can get where we're going a lot quicker than most. And, you know, aside from that, I did a lot of the uh, guitar work, um, most of the bass work, all the bass work actually. And oh. I had a friend uh, Kenny Olson and Kenny played with uh kid rock back in the day.
3: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, like he yeah, look him up, he's he's legendary. We actually mm-hmm. played uh I was playing a couple years ago in this band based out of Nashville called the All-Time Low Stars.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was um fronted by Peter Keys who was uh I guess he's still the keyboard player for Leonard Skinner. Oh, he played with Snoop Dogg and Yeah. Then we had uh um Bubba Sparks sitting with us the last show and Alexander Mm -hmm. King and they're like these outlaw southern rappers yeah and then we had Kenny Olsen who played with Kid Rock and Bootsy Collins and you know he's literally we were playing at a gig one day and just having like our little pre-meal uh pre-gig meal Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I look over and I just see like his guitar hanging on the wall like next to like some famous person's jumpsuit I think it was Conway Twitty or something Oh wow! Yeah, I was like, that's kind of cool. I'm like, I'm playing with this dude, and he has his uh, his guitars on the wall there, and on the walls, and several other ones across the world. So, yeah, it came out, it came out great, you know. So it was great to have people there because I'm so used to recording everything and doing everything by myself mm-hmm. that it was great to have other energies come into it because the song, he's on the song, everybody's losing their minds, mm-hmm. which was written before. The pandemic by the way
3: wow let,
1: let me clarify <laughs> yeah i was having a little miss cleo moment or something like that and, and seeing something that was to be but uh yeah it, it worked out great it worked out great and and i'm most of the time with recording stuff you go back it's like i don't know how uh, you all created you know obviously you all are, are, are public kind of entertainers mm-hmm. but sometimes you wish you could go back I wish I wouldn't have said it. I wish I could have said this different. Oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah. all the time. This is this is the only time I've ever recorded in my life where I think I said everything I wanted to say, and I'm fine with it. There's nothing that will make me cringe if I hear it, you know, a few years down the line or anything like that. So that's a rarity in itself. So I'm definitely very fortunate to have that happen. Mm -hmm. For sure, that's
3: huge yeah i'm really happy you finally like got a little team together and you're happy with what you
1: put out yeah and it's cool And what's neat about it is that as time goes on you know like i've already started to work on the next one and i'll get some other kind of notable cast to sit in here to round some things out and might yeah. switch things around but just to keep it fresh mm-hmm. you know, because that way when you're just writing in your in your head the whole time, and you don't have anyone outside of yourself to kind of bounce ideas off of, and their little interpretation might be varied slightly from yours, but give mm-hmm. you a result that might not have, you know, come into fruition if, if it wouldn't have happened, if he wasn't there, or she wasn't there. And yeah, so that's a really cool part about it. And plus, I don't have anyone standing over my back going, oh, that's wrong, don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, and, and I'm lucky enough, I can't, you know, say more about it, but Jamison Durr, who produced the record, mm-hmm. uh, he, he produced, a, I think, a number one Billboard charting song for Sammy Hagar last May, I think, May of 2020, actually wow. 2019, mm-hmm. so that's pretty, that's pretty huge. Yeah,
3: that's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Pretty
1: cool. And he's probably one of the coolest, nicest human beings I've ever had the pleasure of meeting in my life. Aww. This really super patient, like one of those people, like that won't say bad things about. You know, the whole room could be putting somebody down, and Mm -hmm. he'll be the Mm -hmm. one, the only one that'll say, "Well, what about their positive points?"
2: Mm -hmm. He's actually
1: kind of made me look at things differently and wonder if I'm approaching them from a point of kindness or from being an ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I so it's, it's always cool good to have like that. To kind of influence you instead of like, Hey, let's go out and get even drunker than we already are. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, check your soul, bro. Is that kind of you? Could you be kinder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really, a, that's really an awesome thing. And then just to kind of not have to explain to him, like, like before, when I'm kind of hands off and when the pandemic, when the lockdown happened, he was on the West coast. I was on the East coast. So we were having to do a lot of the production stuff. Yeah via meetings, Skype, what what have you. Mm-hmm. And it was normally when I have someone in that position, I'm having to, you know, stand over their back going, not too much, too much, too much delay, no, 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 too raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But him, we usually got to one or two mixes and there was literally just little tiny, tiny nuances.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like there wasn't anything major. Like he had the EQ, the guitar sitting in the mix properly and the bass sounded booming you know yeah there's something about when the foundation is laid properly the sky's the limit for the you know how a song can come out but it also works vice versa if you lay down like a rickety ass house and a rickety ass structure
2: yeah
1: you you know some rickety (laughs) (laughs) it'll fall apart exactly yeah i think i may have just coined a new term but, it's uh,
3: wonderful.
1: I love it. Yeah, but it's it, the whole process, to be honest with both of you guys, it was just amazing. One of these things that was like supposed to happen. Very kismet. Time opened up at the studio around the holidays. It had been booked. And I had a couple of buddies that were around. And like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. And I just happened to be there for Christmas. Kind of, and something said, you should be there. Yeah. You should be there. So I kind of, I listened to. The voice is the, the voice you have inside of yourself. Now when the voice starts screaming really loud and telling you to like hit people with popsicles, ignore it. But we all have that inner voice that kind of mm-hmm. inspires us. Yeah. Say, Maybe you should try this or hmm. And I'm glad I listened that time because the end result has been one of the coolest experiences of my life, definitely at this point.
3: That makes me really happy to hear.
1: Yeah. It makes me really happy to be living it.
3: Definitely. <laughs> oh, um, so, actually, speaking of that album, congratulations on it. Uh, yeah, can you tell me how you feel about the response to it so
1: far? Um, I, I'm just tickled. The response has been amazing. Yeah. I mean, when you hear something in your heart and get it to your head and put it down onto the machine and give it out to the world, mm-hmm. you never know what the reception is going to be like. Something yeah. that you feel... Is really awesome that you spend all this time on, other people can hear it and be like, eh. And then the song that takes you five minutes to write in the bathroom, everybody loves. Mm. Yeah. And so yeah. it's up into the individual's interpretation. But one of the reasons why I've always been a champion of albums that have different textures and variances and mm-hmm. Text, you know, just textures, essentially.
2: Yeah. Ups,
1: and downs, and lows, and high points. Because it's like life. Mm-hmm. It's like the ride. The ride's never always just going to be smooth.
2: Yeah.
1: It's going to be, from day to day, it could, you could run the whole gamut. I've had days where I started up, you know, just being upset and having a terrible day. Or, and then ending on one of the most beautiful days ever.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, this way... It's kind of like the old, you know, like the old school. Back in the day, people would throw on a record. They'd listen to the whole thing, you know, look at the album work and kind of spin it around and be like, man, that's cool. Yeah. And this is one of these recordings that I'd love for people to just go through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Because I I took specifically a lot of time with the order to make sure it was correct, Mm -hmm. that it flowed, and that there were points for, you know, to kind of recover from the... You know super big marshall ams cranking yeah and just let it kind of vibe out yeah and make it like a journey you know like a journey to space oh (laughs) perfect
3: that's wonderful that was great that's
0: great Uh, so uh you have a feature on one of the songs everybody's losing their mind with kenny Olson. uh what Mm -hmm. was it like working with him
1: oh he's awesome he's a really awesome guy started working with him about two and a half three years ago the COVID year kind of messed everything up yeah
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I guess I'll say two and three years and uh we kind of hit it off right off you know right off the bat we just like we knew each other for years and we had some uh uh some friends that we knew that we shared in common and You know, I'm kind of a goofball and he's kind of a goofball. So we would just Mm -hmm. hang out and be corny and goofy. And it was right when I was kind of getting into the vibe of Nashville. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he would take me around and kind of say, hey, this is what this is and give me the history. And, you know, so outside of being someone who's always admired his work, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not really down for Kid Rock's political uh, affiliations at all. I'll go ahead and say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the music they put out for what it was was really great. You know, yeah. at that time, you know they, you know, and just to kind of jam with some guy that, like, you know, he was playing at the the Woodstock, the last one they had, and yeah, you know, he's he's just a really kind person. I tell you a funny story. Mm-hmm. So the first day I go to jam with the great Kenny Olson, you know, mm-hmm. in the All Stars, I'm one of the singers, so okay. I don't actually play an instrument with him so he and I had talked about jamming and it was actually my birthday. So oh. I'm in Nashville, we're hanging out. I go to his house and I'm kind of nervous because I'm like about to get my first bass jammy jam on with a legend. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have my guitar from yeah. the hard rock yet.
2: <laughs>
1: uh uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're we're sitting there and his roommate at the time had this dog, and the dog was giving me the eye.
2: Oh. The
1: whole time oh, no. I was something. You know you know where this is gonna go. So, I think so the dog's looking at me and he's looking at me like, I don't like you. I, yeah, yeah. I don't like
3: you.
1: He was even like giving her, her dogs growl and they like say like you better get out of my way. He's Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. He was like, You better get out of my bite you on the shin. Yeah, yeah. So we're going downstairs, I had my bass on and getting a couple of beers out the fridge. And that little sucker, his name was Little Buddy, and he was not a friend of mine.
2: Oh.
1: And little buddy just looked at me and went, and kind of grinned and just bit the crap out of my shin. Oh, oh no! Like two holes in my shin.
3: Oh, oh! You meant be- like actually?
1: Yes. Oh, and was like a his owner was like, "Oh, buddy, bit somebody again." <laughs> and evidently, he just got out of doggy prison, <laughs> for biting like, somebody. Oh, it again. You know, so the next thing he just bites me, and then he was cool. You know, wow. I guess he he got over himself. Great. Yeah, I he bite the crap out of me, and he was like, "I bit Chris." and Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris tasted good. I approve. After that,
3: oh my god, <laughs> it's too much work. Yeah, he was like, Woo, really? that was tired. exciting."
2: Mm-hmm. I had
3: oh. bitten
1: someone. who was like, he was like probably like a vampire puppy or something. But I still have some marks <laughs> on my leg. Oh my god, it's like two perfect little little black holes now on my leg. That's and I totally look down funny. and I'm like, "Nobody, damn you." So that was my first jam with and then we went and had catfish.
3: Nice. <laughs> nice. Good end of the day. Wow. Well at least you won't forget it. You'll always have something to remember that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just glad that at least he'd bitten someone previously and already had a shot. So uh,
3: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you weren't the first one.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I should feel special or kind of like if that's neglect. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Like, Why
1: wasn't I the first one? It, it was a trip, though, because his roommate was a... Blind, he was a blind motorcycle stunt driver.
3: Whoa.
0: Interesting. That sounds very dangerous. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm serious. And he was a mechanic, I guess. And he worked on stuff, I guess, before he lost his sight. and
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So... Bob. His name was Bob. Bob and Buddy.
3: Bob and Buddy.
1: Bob and yeah, buddy. But spe- I, I, I didn't even need a cake that day. It was so special. You needs a cake when you got blood running down your leg? You know. Oh
3: my God, Jesus. Cake's oh. just
1: really not that epic after that. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> maybe like a little, a little cupcake or something. Yeah, maybe. With <laughs> one candle, maybe like a half a candle with a tooth in it. Oh,
3: <laughs> horrible. Um, so, speaking of the album again, (laughs) um, Keaton, tell me where your headspace was while creating it. I know you, um, recorded it half in the pandemic and then half out of the pandemic, so, can you tell me how that
1: worked out? The first half of the songs were essentially planned. Like, Mm -hmm. there were demos that I had laying around, and I kind of looked at the cats I had to play with, and I was like, oh, he would sound good on this one and this one. Mm -hmm. And the other songs... Even from a lyrical point of view, they're a little bit more intense. Like, ticking away starts out, do you seek the truth and are you going to?
2: Mm-hmm. Changes
1: in the air, does anybody care? Yeah. And I wrote that kind of looking at the TV and just, you know, getting kind of mad at, you know, racial relations and stuff. Yep. And it's like, that the time is ticking away. It's like, why waste your time hating someone when you could take that same time and get over what it is that's making you feel that and mm-hmm. have the you know the wherewithal all to get through it and work past it yeah. rather than just pass it down because my dad was that way and his dad was that way, so mm-hmm. I've gotta be that way. You right, know? Exactly, so, yeah. It's like time is ticking away. And so those and the other songs, I think it was you know, it was Kismet. It was to be just the whole situation. Even this past crazy ass year had to happen. Yeah. Because if it wasn't supposed to happen, it wouldn't have happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's
1: the way I look at it. But to have one half, which was planned, and one half, which is kind of written on the spot, you know, it's, I think it's a good combination of mm-hmm. songs because I was feeling really, I couldn't write for the first couple of weeks after the pandemic hit. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, when I was leaving San Francisco, I had a feeling, and I get a little foresight, and something was like, I better go stock up on some masks. So I went down <laughs> wow. to the, uh, had like an Ace Hardware, and I got 3M masks before they I think you can only get those now if you're a healthcare worker. Yeah. But at that time, I actually have a couple of them left, too. <laughs> I stocked <laughs> up on them because, and even leaving the, when I was flying back east, Mm-hmm. people were looking at me and kind of chuckling because I had this super face mask, you know, face mask on. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and then there's like 10,000 seats in the airport, but the people were like, yeah, hey, let's go sit by this guy with the mask. We know he wants company.
3: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh my
1: god. I love it. Yeah. But luckily I, I had the mask on, up. so all they heard was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <like me>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said, uh.
1: did he just say hubba bubba? <laughs> No, it was close, though.
0: (laughs) Very close. Exactly, Uh, exactly. So what band or artist influence do you think you can hear the most on this album?
1: Diversity-wise, and I would not say music-wise, Prince, just Uh I love the way he was able to... I never heard him go really, like, sabbathy-heavy or anything like that (laughs) on a song, but (laughs) I love the way that he was able to just put so many different textures and his voice would be the element of continuity that pulled everything together
2: yes
3: exactly. it's
1: almost like a a host or something like your your guide
2: mm-hmm. you know yeah. and
1: so I would say Prince kind of like the whole Zeppelin thing you know and I know they're kind of like old school bands but I haven't seen too many people nowadays I think so many people are so afraid to be themselves Mm. because they don't want to miss a trend. But then when you're focusing on this trend, by the time you get everything together, it's already shifted into something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you take the time to work on who you are as an artist and what you have to say and hone your message and your sound, then you can't lose yeah. Because then you're on your own timeline, you know, and a lot of people are like, well, you know, it gets I get compared to like some kind of old school kind of bands, but it's like any way you could spend it to get new ears on it. I don't care,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but the thing is, I've always loved the artist that could just take you on a journey, yeah. take you somewhere, like have something like acoustic that you can just vibe with, mm-hmm. you know, because even for the next record. You know, I'm also a big, big, big fan of electro- electronic music. Oh, okay. And I have a bunch of, bunch of stuff, but I'm not as confident in it, per se, as I am with my rock. Mm-hmm. But it's when I let people listen to it, you're like, damn, you wrote that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because I just love the fact that it's new sounds, tons of new sounds. With With rock, it's pretty much variances of guitar tones drum tones vocals and bass
2: Mm -hmm.
1: electronica you could do anything Mm -hmm. yeah you know so i've been working on some just trying to push myself as an artist i never want to rest on my laurels and be someone that's like yeah i found my sound let's just like let's do that Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
1: it's supposed to be a journey yeah you know some i find myself listening to lots of different things like I, I like going to the ocean and to the bay and just being near the water. It does something to my spirit. And sometimes I write songs that mimic the flow of the waves hitting the shore. Okay. That way you get out of the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: they start out heavy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then have a lull, then go back to heavy like the wave would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm actually even with the next record, kind of experimenting, and it might sound weird as hell. <laughs> no, no, <it laughs> but, makes sense. But, but I'm going to definitely try it to make it to make it more interesting because everybody knows it's like right here. Okay, here's the chorus. They're going to start it out with, and here comes this. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've already done the chorus twice and the main verse three times, so that means a bridge is going to come. Yeah, yeah, and I think being stuck within that really limits your creativity
2: mm-hmm. so
1: by even just doing the thing of listening to the ocean waves and trying to have you know like i have to go through a cycle that actually works because mm-hmm. if it's like <laughs> the whole time yeah you know, it'll just, it's too but much like, more epic stuff more it's going to be more varied and epic but uh but it will still be a connector it'll kind of segue off of this Like, Mm -hmm. the last song on the record is L Street Stomp. Mm -hmm. And that's a song that uh, my buddy Chris McGrew, he had some friends coming over to High Street on Sundays and just hanging out and jamming, getting a bite, and seeing what they could come up with. And they had this really dope track just kind of laying there, and it didn't have a lead vocal on it.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And... He called me up, and he was like, hey, man, can you come by the studio? I was like, sure. And I was actually staying a couple blocks away. And in between walking to the studio, uh, leaving the hotel and going to the studio, I saw this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful girl. And she was laying out, sprawled out in the street, had a needle in her arm. I think she had, like, a boot mark on her, like someone had just walked on her. Oh. And I wondered, and it struck me as... Not like, oh wow, you're pretty. What happened to you? But she just—it was her energy. There was something about her Mm -hmm. because you—you can can have a physically beautiful person that could be the ugliest joke you ever ran into Mm
2: -hmm. in the
1: spirit. But she had something that I could literally sense. And so I just sat and looked down, and I kind of was like, God put some light on her, or something help her. Mm -hmm. And she was just on my mind. And when I got to the studio, my buddy was like, "What's up?" And I kind of told him. And that's where High Street is. There's a lot of it's in a really it's in the middle of the tenderloin. Mm. Which they they shouldn't call it, they should call it the brisket because it's not really tender.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But
1: he was kind of having a uh, had a, a similar situation, and then I just kind of he played the song, and I literally came up with the words. What you heard, well, I think I did it in one take off the top. Wow, of wow! It was literally that's impressive. Cause that's that's the way music is for me. Sometimes it comes from my heart, and sometimes it comes from out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I'm just really lucky and honored, like a wire,
2: mm.
1: that I get transmissions. Cause mm. writing music has never been hard. Yeah. You know, like bands were like we were in there writing a record for two years, man. Like <laughs> doing, he's like, put the bowl down. You know, it's like. I, I didn't see that because it for me it's always been easy and life has been the tricky part
2: mm-hmm.
1: writing music's pretty easy for me i I was my mom was telling me i was a baby like a young kid just like uh, 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 humming songs and making songs and
2: yeah
1: i was always in choirs and stuff and uh did my first performance when i was like four and singing oh, all wow. state choirs and church choirs and then kept singing and singing my whole life and then got into rock and then rediscovered some of my um the stuff that got me into music and then discovered a whole bunch of new stuff and here i am wow yeah it's been a been a really beautiful journey you mm-hmm. know and if nothing else whenever people hear the Revolutionaries. There's bands out there that can be more technically enough and do all this stuff. And I'm about a vibe that people can grab onto, a song that makes them think, makes them move a little bit, makes them go back and say, you know what? Today, I'm feeling like number two. But yesterday, I was feeling number one. Mm-hmm. And there'll be something that you can find that will kind of represent your day. Yeah. And that's the best thing I think as an artist to put out because when you're going to get someone's attention and they're going to take, I feel like it's an honor. Like mm-hmm. for, like some people, when they get like an interview request, they're like, oh, I don't feel like talking. I get so stoked and I'll do a thousand a day because that means you all took the time to listen to something that came out of my heart
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it moved you enough to want to ask about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that to me is some really simple yet very profound stuff because All everyone wants in life is a voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the ones that act the strangest in life are the ones that don't have that voice. And they have to find other ways to get attention that are negative. So I feel lucky to have had music as my best friend my whole life. Mm -hmm. Whole life. It's, you know, it's been a constant, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, I feel like the luckiest guy in the world, to be quite honest with you.
2: Oh, As you
3: that's should. awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, so I don't have a segue for this. I'm sorry. Um, but if you could describe this album for new listeners in three words, what words would they be? It should be like super, super fast off the top of your head. I messed up the delivery for that, but it's
1: okay. <laughs> Dynamic, varied, and real.
3: Oh, wow. That's really good. That was fast, too. Yeah. Well done. Faster good words than, like, and fast. Exactly. Yeah. Faster than everybody.
2: Good. Yeah,
1: um, I, I have a I have a unique mind. It, it fires my synapses fire off very quickly. Mm-hmm. My poor parents. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's that?
1: What's that? Here's a set of encyclopedias. Oh my
2: god.
3: Just, those. Well,
1: what about this? What about
3: this? Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah.
1: That was one of those, so I'm pretty much a, a nerd that likes leather. So here I am. I'm
3: sure it paid off. So it's
1: okay. <laughs>
0: So, uh, with that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while going through the
1: album? Actually, no. I want pe- I want to invite people to let the music dictate how they'll feel. Oh. I want them to feel like they're listening to something real that came from someone's heart. It's not some BS that somebody was like, "Ooh, I think that'll be hot right now." You know, like mm-hmm. Skugashi Five Twelve. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's paint my eyebrow blue and. Wow. And again, <laughs> you think I'm dope and hot? <laughs> no. no. Wow.
3: No. Really just called no. out Takashi 6 9. <laughs> kidding.
1: I no, didn't I mean, say yeah. that. I talked about somebody 312.
3: Oh. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come Sorry, on, Gloria. Exactly.
1: <laughs> spaghetti 912. <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: Totally. Yeah. See, watch the next time both of you guys eat spaghetti, going will be like.
3: You <laughs> <laughs> just. to pink, pink noodles. <laughs>
1: Little tattooed noodles and stuff.
2: Oh. And
1: like the I'm bro gross. have like gold chains that just say dumb stuff every time you like touch the balls like
3: horrible. Horrible. So for the last couple questions, we are actually going to shift away from music if that's okay with you. Go right ahead. Six. So we're gonna go straight to death row. Boom. So, if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink?
1: A very big boom. Mm. A cal- Calabash seafood. You know, I don't know where you guys are located, but down in the south, down in the south, especially Myrtle Beach, they have Calabash buffets where you pay $12 mm-hmm. and eat all the fried food and shrimp and catfish to your heart's delight. That A big old steak, a nice slice of foie gras, Mm -hmm. and a nice Pinot. Mm -hmm. Solid. Uh Solid. Uh, So, if you could live. And then, like, maybe five more Snicker Bars so I can just draw that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Get back in line.
3: (laughs) I have a couple more things I want, actually.
1: So, uh, if you could
0: live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live?
1: America?
3: wow <laughs> sure yeah america, america. all right <laughs> all
1: right that's real isn't it
3: i think so sadly yeah
1: a couple years ago you would have been like well, what are you talking about man now you're like good answer, <laughs> <laughs> good answer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so i have the honor of asking the last question every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question what is your favorite color? Black. Solid. Good choice.
1: Good right. choice. I've been wearing it since I was a little kid. Literally. <laughs> it's
3: a great color like,
1: choice. Go again, go he's been wearing black. I mean, god I, I think they're gonna. He's gonna be goth. I don't know uh, what's going to be wrong mm-hmm. with it, but it's just. It's easy, mm-hmm. and it's kind of how I feel. Like I try to stretch out, you know, once in a while, like. <laughs> There's like a certain kind of Levi's I like to wear. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And they had the cut, but they had like a sale on these lime green ones instead of black.
3: Lime green. That's a
1: a statement. Don't
3: tell me. Don't tell me you got them.
0: Uh oh, the glasses came off.
1: (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I got these lime green pants. Oh no. And I called myself Sherbert Gumby. And I've never worn them out of the house. Good. <laughs> oh my god! I'm not. I have. A, I have a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he he's a drummer in this like kind of legendary shoegaze band in uh, North Carolina called The Veldt, and his name is Marvin Levy. Amazing, amazing. Look, The Belt up if you haven't heard them. Mm-hmm. But he can rock polka dots and pink stuff and weird blue stuff and colors that it's like the Garanimal's truck blew up or something and, so, yeah. and he can rock it though but when I try to I try to like get my you know, I try to channel my my dude, my friend, my brother mm-hmm. my bro-ham mm-hmm. and I look like a clown <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much That's look like best. you could have just walked me to like a park and I could have just sold balloons all day and kids would be like oh look it's Humble's the clown <laughs> oh no it's humbles. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: horrible. Oh Sorry. God. It'll be great, you know. <laughs> Oh my Make god! It more oh.
0: I still can't but, get over uh, the lime green pants. I'm just happy you didn't green. wear those out of the house.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Because like, <laughs> I, I I respect people's I mean, they're, fashion. They're actually close to me now, and I, I look at them and I go. you
3: just <laughs> can't help but laugh at them. Like,
0: like I, I don't I don't try to bag
1: on anyone. But you to, have to like, which you, you have to. Dare. Okay, real quick, Lori, what's your favorite color?
3: My favorite color is yellow.
1: Oh, Shane? Black. I'm also cool. currently so wearing like all black. Hmm? Oh, y'all can call you like the bumblebees.
3: <laughs> We've gotten that <laughs> twice. Have we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Y'all are really awesome. Thank, Thank
0: you. you. Um, I
1: appreciate you both. I really do. And just taking your time. Because you, you could have talked to someone else. And I get that. So the fact that you're here, that's, you really made my day. I really appreciate you, seriously. And I know a lot of people say stuff to be like, a minute five and 25 seconds, say this proper thing. Mm-hmm. I don't fake the funk. I keep yeah. it real. So I appreciate you. We appreciate
0: yeah. you too. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so as Corey said, that's all the questions we have to say. Is there anything you would like to plug?
1: Mm-hmm. Um yes. Go out and get the Nevolutionary self-titled release. It is on Polychromatic Records. You can follow us on Twitter. I think it's Nevolutionary One. Think on Instagram it's the Nevolutionaries and then on Facebook it's the Nevolutionaries. Follow us. We always put up some cool content. I'm into cooking stuff. And once in a while I might say something funny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right.
3: <laughs> Solid. Mm-hmm.
1: Once in a while, once in a while, very rarely though, very rare. Only on days that end in Y. Okay.
3: Okay. <laughs> um, it's perfect.
1: It's perfect. Well, thank. I you. got both of you like wait. Yeah, I was like, wait a <laughs>
0: minute. Uh, well, There's thank
1: no you. or twos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for so now. This is Ben Christopher from the Evolutionaries and Where the Good Noise podcast.